Packers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here it is, the 12th of October edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. The puck drops on the NHL season tonight. Penguins and Lightning, Kraken, Seattle taking on Vegas, and the Flyers will be in action coming up on Friday. To preview the season, talk about the offseason, the moves, and much more, it is Flyers analyst Steve Coach joining us on this edition of Flyers Daily. Coatsy, how you doing? Great, Jace. How can we not be great? We got the, the preseasons out of the way, and we yeah. finally get down to a meaningful game on Friday. Yeah, isn't it weird, Coatsy, that the league is dropping the puck uh, Tuesday night, and the Flyers aren't starting until Friday? They get a break right out of the gate. What, did you make this schedule? <laughs> I'd rather be working. I hate this sitting there around all week, and then all of a sudden you got all these home games, then you head out west. I'd rather be playing right away. Um, I don't know if there's an advantage or a disadvantage, quite frankly. Uh, like, take a, take a, the, the New York Islanders. they got to play 13 straight games on the road before they even get home. So, hey, you, I got, you, the, the, you, you're dealt the hand. Or you play the, the hand that you're dealt. So that's what we're at. Yeah, you can't change it. And, boy, the NHL didn't do the Islanders any favors, though, Coatsy. I think one of those 13 games is from a, div- a team that's in the metropolitan area of New York. I mean, they could have given them the Rangers twice, you know, really helped them out. But they kind of moved them around a bit. But we're not here to talk about the Isles, other than the sense that they may be the cream of the crop in this division. But let, let's talk about what you saw in, in training camp and what you saw in the preseason, Coatsy. I saw some things I liked. But there's some things that I still have some concerns about. And my biggest concern is still the penalty kill. Well, that's why you play the preseason. Um, I, I don't disagree with the power play wasn't exactly on fire either. I mean, there was a couple the other night they didn't have a shot on net. Um, the other night, Timmy asked me that. What was my, like, what was I pleasantly surprised about in training camp? And I can honestly say that I thought the guy that really showed me stuff was Obey Cabell. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was active. He was shooting the puck. He wasn't playing as if he was a fourth line right winger. How's that? Yeah. And that's the thing I think that surprised me. Um, the other people played under, uh, basically, there was no surprise as far as somebody really being outstanding to the extent that, oh, my God, this guy's a real deal. Where did he come from? So it would be a lot easier probably to mention the, the, the disappointments. Um, the, the disappointments, and, and this isn't a disappointing uh, type of criticism because this, this business is a very hard business. You're a young player having to jump into the National Hockey League. Everybody has a different level of maturation. Some can jump in, some can't. And that's why, especially with first-round draft picks, if you ever look around the National Hockey League, I'll bet you that every team in the league has at least six to seven refunneled number one picks because they always get an extra look. Broussard, for us, is a perfect example. Do you agree? Yeah. Okay. So in saying that, the disappointment, Morgan Frost would be my number one. Opportunity of a lifetime. No haze for six weeks. Broussard comes in as a late 
addition in case we need a center. We got to move Lawton off the left side and the fourth line to back into the middle now because he didn't show up. And I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he had plenty of opportunity to show his stuff in the preseason, and I didn't see any of it. Now, yeah. maybe you saw something I didn't. But yeah, I, I saw I little flashes, Coatsy, but you're right. I didn't see enough to make me go, okay, this is he's ready. Yeah. And part of it is he's that he hasn't played time. yeah, that he hasn't played a lot. And but but part of it too is, you know, you're right, because he was playing with second line talent. He was playing with skilled players. It wasn't like he was out there with players that couldn't play the skilled game that he plays, because that's not the case. They put him in a position to have success, but he didn't have enough of it. That's exactly correct. You've got to you've got to prove in a very short period of time in training camp when you have the opportunity that you want to play in the National Hockey League. And um, the game's changed in such a way where, you know, it's so fast and, and there's so many moving parts, there's so many players. You got everybody wants to get a, a, a feel for a preseason game. He got three preseason games. Didn't work out. Another guy that I can't figure out for the life of me, and that's Bunneman. Yeah. Bunneman came into that first training camp. He's a big kid uh, out of uh, Western Ontario. And I, what happened? I mean, the first training camp, he was aggressive. He was doing all the right things. Um, we played him at center. We played him at the wing. Um, I thought he was really, really good at center. And you come to training camp, and it's like, where are you? So there's another one that they, I think he was a number two draft pick. So you got a number one and a number two, and then another number one in Rubsoff. Yeah. Another guy that didn't show up. So are they? I mean, um, are they in the doghouse? No. Are they um, heading to the minors? Yes. Is it the end of their careers? No, but I, those would be my disappointments where they could have helped at a time that they could have been used because of the, the injuries. And if you've ever noticed in this game today, injuries are a lot more prevalent now on a day-to-day -day basis, on a team-to-team -team basis. So you're going to get the opportunity. There's no two ways about it. Yeah. And hopefully they learned from what happened. If that answers your question, that I thought it was a great camp. I thought if our team plays with the fight that they had with the Washington Capitals the other night, man, I'll tell you what, we got something to look forward to because, you know, if we have the team toughness, if this kid Garrett Wilson can play on the, on the left side and bring us that toughness, a lot of things to look forward to here, Jason. Yeah, well, you're right. And let's talk about Ristolainen because he brings a lot of that nasty. He's a physical player. P players hate playing against him. He's relentless, and he's obviously a big body that can throw it around. Uh, but but th that's great that you have him. But is there enough of that up front, you know, with the forwards? Nicholas Albay-Kubel's a, a ferocious four-checker and a straight-line player and can be physical. And does does, you know – the physicality of Ristolainen, does that breed more physicality because it becomes, in a way, contagious for some other players that, that are a little larger in stature to be able to throw their bodies around a little bit, knowing 
that that's an element of the team now. Well, first, let's get to Ritz and on. I think Ritz and Linen's got nothing but upside for this hockey team. He's a former number one draft pick that spent all those years in Buffalo. And I truly believe that he did not get taught the game of hockey in Buffalo. Certainly didn't learn how to win. Became a, like a lot of players, they'd learn how to lose. Yeah. And make it easier to lose. Because they were so poor, they never made a playoff. So what could have he learned? He had multiple coaches. The team was non-functional, non-competitive. And he's the best player, supposedly, back on the blue line. Um, and it just, I, I think if he is taught, if Mike Yo grabs onto him, and along with the help of Sanheim on the left-hand side, and they start to play good, and the system makes it conducive for a guy like Rich Alignan to, to bring what he does, and that's physicality, yeah. man, we've got a lot to look forward to. But because... He brings that. Now, in answer to your question about the size, you got big guys. You get Couturier, Hayes, Lawton's a good size. Um, are Do we have a, a an Anders Lee? No. Uh-uh. We don't have that power forward. Yeah. But we got guys that can score goals. Van Riemsdyk can score goals. Uh, Giroux can score goals. Atkinson. Um, Atkinson, we're a little small on the right side with Atkinson, Farabee, Konechny. Yeah. Okay? But they're fast enough, I truly believe. And then the way they play also, they play with grit, so they make up for that lack of size with the way they play. Um, and that it becomes very important when you're playing the game. So much of the game is played behind the goal line in the offensive zone, and you've got smaller players up against big defensemen. But I, I don't think that's going to be a problem because of the type of players these guys are. Yeah. yeah they love the the game right now. The the low to high play is something that a lot of teams, they like to work down below that goal line, get the goalies back turned uh, against the what's going on in front of the net and try and score and beat them that way, that east-west passes. Let, let me ask you about Ryan Ellis because he's really the, the number one acquisition of the offseason, Coatsy. He's that right side, right shot, had a lot of success in the NHL. Uh, if he can remain healthy, he looks like a player that can get the most out of Ivan Provorov and can keep up with Provorov from a stamina and workhorse standpoint. What did you learn about Ryan Ellis' preseason? Um, I think he's uh, the perfect guy for that, back, that spot back there. He is uh, not the biggest guy in the world, but he's got a burr on his butt. And that's the way he plays. You know, he doesn't like, he, he nailed a couple of people. Oh, my goodness, he nailed them. And I just love it. And I don't care if you get a penalty as long as you're giving the other guy or, or you're making the other guy pay. That's just the way the games play. And he yep. plays the game hard. Uses the stick you want to use. And I, I don't, is it proper to say that you use your uh, stick as a weapon? Ah, probably not. Well, We'll call it an equalizer. How about yeah, that? I like that. That's politically okay. correct. Yeah, I got it. I've, I've, I've got it. Um, so he's a guy, it's not that big, but he uses the stick to be able to overcome his size, and he knows how to use it to make it equal. And this is the kind of guy you love to have on your hockey club because 
I guarantee he's a leader in the room and a leader on the ice. And as he comes more comfortable between him and Rick Salinen, I mean, there's, listen, it's no secret that if you're playing on the left side and Ellis is there and Rick Salinen are there, you're going to make a lot of left wingers very uncomfortable in this league this year. Yeah. Coming down that left side is not going to be the party it once was. Uh, Yeah, you might not. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, let's let's talk about, you know, keeping keeping the defensive zone more structured, keeping it clean, all in an effort to to make life a little easier on Martin Jones and and Carter Hart. Uh, I, Carter Hart looks sensational in the preseason, the 953 save percentage. Not that the stats matter a whole heck of a lot in preseason, uh, but he looked very Carter Hart like a couple of years ago. Martin Jones, I thought, battled, had had some moments where he was really good. Had some where he wasn't. I know they're, you know, they're making some tweaks to his depth and his game a little bit. What, what did you see out of the goaltending? And if that structure can remain defensively, that's something that once again should be a strength for this team. I think when you watch a goaltender, especially at the beginning of the game, and you know better than anybody, you're a goaltender. That you, a goaltender has a certain swagger about him when he starts the game. You just know when he's on it, or he doesn't know it, or you, or you know he doesn't have, and. There's an error about them. And I think the first game that uh, Jones had, he had a couple of rough goals in the first period, probably because of just being here for the first time, uh, nerves, whatever you want to call it. After that, I thought he was solid. Um, and with Carter, you could see that Carter was a guy that was on a mission. He wasn't sitting back in his net and worried about it. He was playing aggressively. He was attacking the puck. Um, and that's a guy that says, hey, I had the worst record last year in the National Hockey League. I had a great first year. I'm getting back to that spot. So in saying that, I think our goalies are going to be just fine. Yeah. I did say that, but I have to be honest with you. I said that at the beginning of last year and never dreamt. That we yeah. would have the goaltending problem that we had. Now, well, if that... I could just say one thing about the defensive play in front of them. Five on five. Any team that has a group of five guys out there that are solid in their knowledge of how to play defense according to where the puck is. Okay, so if the puck's one spot, one guy's got to be there. But playing away from the puck is the key to playing good defense in your own zone especially. Last year we had a lot of problems with uh, picking up the trailer, coming back into the zone. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about solid defense, keeping shots to the, to, uh, the perimeter, protecting your goaltender and doing a good job defensively. And I think with the addition of Ritzelainen and Ellis, that – and with, with uh, Yandel, I, I forgot about Yandel because he's such a, uh, 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 you know, played over a thousand games of the National Hockey That brings you an awful lot of experience back there. So I think with the addition of these three guys back there, if the players up front can understand better from last year where they left people alone, weren't paying attention to what was going away from the puck, look away, make sure everybody's covered then you'll become a solid, solid group and a very hard team to play against 
which is what I hear all the time from these guys. We want to be hard to play against. Yeah, it, it takes more than words, though, right? I think an identity has to manifest itself organically. It has to happen because that's what you are. You can say you're something, but you got to be that. That if you if that's what you want to be, and that's a that's a very good identity to have. Then you got to be a team that that that's your religion. You never let up, and you got to be hard to play against from the drop of the puck to the final whistle, whether you're winning, losing, or whatever. That that's something that they're going to have to take upon them. You know, AV wears it on his shirt. It says something to prove that this team does have something to prove. I think every player does. And every coach does. Well, yeah, they've got to tell everybody, hold on for a second. Um, last year was a mirage. We don't want you to think that this isn't what we were about the year before, before the COVID, it was unbelievable how good they were. And then they went a little bit South during the bubble in Toronto. I think there was a lot of different things involved there, but you know, last year was, Oh, I mean, what could go wrong? Listen, you don't have to worry about, well, this, just this. No, no. It was everything. Yeah. Everything that possibly could go wrong went wrong. And that's where you learn. And you bring in these guys like Atkinson and, and Ellis and Ritzelainen and Yandel who have been there. They've been leaders on other teams. So they'll bring that uh, we want to win. We don't want to settle for anything else attitude as compared to the attitude which appeared to us as broadcasters, like, oh, okay, we got beat tonight. We'll get them tomorrow night. We played the right way. Well, you didn't play the right way. If you played the right way, you would have won. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it, last year, it's just one of those things I want to just flush completely. But and, until this year gets underway, you can't really can't get it out of your head completely. Coach, let me ask you about what I'm terming as a, an in-house upgrade, and that's – the Oscar Limblom that we've seen in training camp and preseason this year compared to last year. And since his diagnosis, uh, he looks like he's much stronger skating as good as ever and looks like the Oscar Limblom pre-diagnosis. It, what are you seeing out of his game in the preseason? Because that would be a big upgrade to get him back to where he was and the trajectory he was on as a player. It'd be, uh, it, it would like be trading for a, uh, 25 goal score. Yep. That's exactly what that is. When you look back at his, uh, just prior to his uh, illness, he was the leading scorer on our hockey club, 30 games, 11 goals. He was a leading goal scorer when everything went south. And if he gets back to even close, and I, and I tell you what, the one thing I look for him, he's one of the best guys that I've ever seen of puck control, and winning battles in the offensive zone below the goal line, Yep. <laughs> along the boards. He is so good at it because he knows how to use his feet. And I, I'm really looking forward to seeing the the old Oscar Lindblom, which, like you just said, is it's a, it's a bonus. I mean, it's an absolute bonus. I mean, and it makes your left side better. Yeah. I mean, you got guys that can score. You got Drew Van Riemsdyk and, and Limbaugh. So on paper, on paper, you should be solid there. On the right side, you got Atkinson, Konechny, and Ferby. Should be solid. The fourth line, I, I'd really like to see the fourth line. Like with Obey Cabell and Nate Thompson, you know what you get. Okay, they bring it. They'll take the body. They'll, you know, they're muckers. 
Um, the guy that's kind of interesting to me, and, and, and I don't know about for you, is, is this Garrett Wilson. He could be kind of something that this team could use back there. Yeah, a bit of a banger, too. A guy that'll be out there and be physical. And, yeah, you could use that absolutely on a fourth line to be able to send out there and set a physical tone as well. You could see the thing. I'm so glad you said that about Oscar and his ability to win puck battles down below the goal line. He's so good at it. And, and the thing about it is that he's a really good distributor from down there as well to get the puck to guys for good scoring attempts. And and the other thing that he does, and I remember talking to Dave Haxtell about him, and he said, I, I have never had to tell Oscar where to go. I never had to say, you need to get to the net. The guy just goes. Like he He's a good positional player as well with a good hockey IQ. That's exactly right. Great hockey sense. Yeah. Great hockey sense. And I mean, if you know where you're going, makes it a lot easier, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, it does. And and you love a guy that'll go to that area without having to be told. Because breaking news for everybody, if you want to score goals at any level, go to the net. That's where goals are scored. <laughs> last time I checked, last time I checked, and then all of a sudden you'll you'll see uh, the shot chart chart after the first period and all the shots are coming from outside the circles. Well, you got a problem. You're not getting inside. Yeah. Let's get to the net. Go to the net. And if you're going to shoot from out there, raise the IQ of that shot. Put the puck on the goalie's pads and have guys around the net then for rebounds. You know, don't shoot it into his gloves. And, you know, it's not pitch and catch out there. So uh, you got you to play. Sometimes uh, it's not I, just I about playing hard. Totally. It's about playing smart. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you totally. Well, Coach, it's going to be a fascinating season, uh, 82, still a bit of a condensed schedule with uh, the Olympic break, but it's going to be fascinating. Fans back in the stands, which will be great to see. Uh, I think everybody knows by now that that you had a surgery over the summer. How are you feeling? I feel great. I feel great. I'm ready to go. I had a an upper body injury. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I got to tell you, you look good. You look better. You look younger, spry. Well, Jason, that's very nice of you to say, but I got a lot of work to do. <laughs> Maybe but you the, need another surgery. No, I don't need another surgery. This is not the uh, type of thing you want. It's not a good way of losing weight. Yeah. Well, you look good, and, and I'm so glad that you're back, and, and we're going to go through this ride of a season. I just hope that this season doesn't give us the agita that, that last one did, because that felt like heartburn. I think we'll be fine. I, I think it, it's, it, you know, play for fun till Christmas. And after that, um, I think that you'll understand how good this team is. I think Chuck Fletcher's done a marvelous job in getting uh, people that are competitive to come in and add what you need for this team. And uh, I think it's going to be great. And I think it's going to be great with you and Smitty and all the pregame and all the postgame stuff that we're doing on, on the radio. I, I think we're bringing the full, uh, the full, amount of entertainment that we can in, in covering this hockey team. Yep. It's going to be a fun season for sure. It starts on Friday against the Vancouver Canucks. Coachy, thanks for doing this. We'll see you Friday for game number one of 82. Appreciate it. Thank you, Jay. Thanks to Steve Coates for joining us on this episode of Flyers Daily. We'll have another brand new one for you coming up tomorrow. So everybody, enjoy your Tuesday. Enjoy the hockey tonight. And we'll talk to you on a brand new Wednesday edition of Flyers Daily.